Hello. And I'll just get myself organised. You may take a seat. So it's wonderful to be here. Can't see you very well. Is there any house lights or do we just <laughs> look at you with shadows? But um, it's wonderful to be here and I've had such an amazing time. And I want to thank you for your hospitality. So I just love your culture. You're incredibly friendly. I love it how even people you don't know introduce themselves, say their name, sometimes not just once, but twice, and very, very encouraging. I love the way that you encourage each other. So keep that up. I think that's an amazing quality. So um, I come from New Zealand, and um, while I'm here, Bruce has gone to stay at a little farmlet that our boys own. It's very rustic. Um, uh, it's, it's amazing, it's got beautiful views and it's countryside, but he's taken our little puppy up there. So he's resting, the puppy's playing, but there's one downside, the puppy keeps rolling in cow poo. And Bruce has to keep bathing this little white puppy, <laughs> so you can imagine it. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk today about purpose. And I think there's so many Christians without purpose. And, you know, sometimes we've been strong on purpose. And then sometimes we lose our way. And I believe God's going to really speak and pull some people in today so that you hear more clearly God's purpose for your life. Because without God's purpose, we're doing our own thing. And as we've heard, it's not very satisfying. Um, my 94-year-old dad, he gets discouraged if he's tired. And I'm like, Dad, how many 94-year-olds did you see in the supermarket? No, not many. How many did you see in the mall or at Mitre 10? No, not many. Why? Because they're in their chairs at home, so it's okay to sit in your chair and feel a little tired sometime. But you know what keeps my father going? Is having a plan. And when he's been sad, I'm like, I know the problem. Stan doesn't have a plan. And as soon as he's got a plan, he's alive, he's vital, he's energized. But we could also apply that to the spirit. If we don't have a plan, if we don't have a purpose, we lose energy. And having faith and having a purpose energizes you. Sometimes you look at people and say, where do they get their energy from? It's because they've got a purpose, they've got a plan. They're living beyond just today, but they're looking into the future. Is that okay? So we're going to look into the future, and I believe some things are going to land. You're going to catch things. You're going to make some changes, because God wants to continually line us up. Now, I love directives in the Lord. So I've got my vision I know where God wants me to go, but I love it that he gives me directives. And a directive for me is the next step in the journey. And I believe some directives are going to land in people's hearts. You might have a vision, but you don't actually have the next step. And I believe God wants to give some directives. So I'm going to share with you out of my life, and it's not because I want to talk about myself, but I think it gives context to what I'm saying. So in 2017, in the realm of what I'm involved in, which is leading the children's ministry, I just felt like a prophetic prayer to pray 
was Acts chapter 6, verse 7. It just says, and the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. And I knew that was a directive in me to, to believe for, to pray into being. I just said that God's only going to spread the word of God. That's why we teach with passion. That's what he's going to spread. And my faith was that the children's hearts would catch on fire, that the word of God would spread in the kids' heart. And we're seeing that happen. We're seeing a move of God. But it came through a directive to pray, Acts 6 verse 7. It only took six months. And I stood back at our Shout Kids conference, and I looked and I went, wow, the number of disciples has multiplied greatly. We haven't just got workers. We haven't just got helpers. We haven't just got volunteers, but we've got disciples. And I stood back and went, God, thank you so much for directing our prayer and our belief and our energy into that. In 2018, Another, and God speaks to me a lot, but I'm just sharing it one avenue. God just said, kids ministering to kids. I want you to take it a little further. And I just felt like the children needed to be empowered more, even though we'd begun electives and upskilling them in media and vocals and, and drama and dance. But it's like, no, kids ministering to kids. And I knew that was a directive. It's a next step in the journey, if you can follow um, what I'm, I'm talking about. And I thought, we're going to up the level of prayer. We are a prayer movement. The kids um, are on fire for God. They're passionate. They want to serve. There's been a whole revolution in the kids' ministry. And I'm going to show you a video before we started what I initiated as the prayer tent. Now, it's not a sacred, oh, it's the prayer tent, you know, it's the temple, it's all that. It's just an identification. If you want prayer, you can go into the space. So we're going to have a child up there who's going to promote the prayer tent. Okay, this is out of his heart. Equipus Kids had this vision, a great vision. It's called the prayer tent. It's where kids pray for kids. So basically, if you want to get prayed for, and it can be for anything for friendship, for family, for sickness, anything you choose. You just walk up and then they pray for you. Because in Equipus Kids, we believe really strongly in praying for people and we believe that God will always answer our prayers. Okay, there's the promotion and just a little video. And this is in the prayer tent in a children's service in a children's room. When the altar call is given out, the prayer leaders, the year sixes, the 10-year-olds who are, who are prayer leaders will go and they'll lay hands. So we can just have a little look at this clip. So there's the kids in action. Isn't that great? But, you know, it came from a directive. And I want to ask you, what's your next directive? What's your next step on the way to where God wants you to be? Proverbs 29, 18 says, if we don't have a progressive vision, we could have a vision, and maybe you're here and you've got a vision, but it's static. We don't have a progressive vision. We'll just live any old how. And, um, but when we have a progressive vision, then there's movement. And I just put down here for you today, vision 
equals purpose, equals direction, equals movement. So are you moving towards what God has for you? And I think today we're going to push out our boats with purpose. I love it. I love pushing out on the edge of faith. Don't be shore bound. So many Christians are living predictable. They're doing the same thing. They're not receiving the new directives. They're not taking the next step and wondering why they're so far from the vision or the dream that they're holding in their heart. I like to be a little bit cheeky in faith. And I just feel that's directives God gives me. And we went back to our old building about two years ago, which can't house all the children. So we had 50 children displaced. And I just had an idea, a God idea. I'm going to go to the restaurant on the corner by our Mercury Theatre, and I'm going to ask, it, ask them if we can have it for five weeks for 50 children in their restaurant. So... I said to the team in Psalm 5, it says the righteous, um, the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield. And I'm like, come on, let's put our favor shields on. We've got our favor shields on. No one can resist us. No one can say no to us because we're irresistible because we've got faith. And I went to the restaurant and I asked them, which was a big ask, and I went away for them to think about it. And I came back and I said, is it a yes or is it a no? They said, it's a yes. And they delayed their opening time by an hour to accommodate our kids' church. Isn't that amazing? I went back twice and asked for the invoice, and there was no invoice. They didn't even charge us. And this was Zamburos. I'm not sure whether you have them here. But come on, we're going to push out a bit more. We're a bit sometimes too placid. And we've got to say, God, what are you showing me? What's the next directive, the next step? And so my whole message today is purpose finds you. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And sometimes we want to find purpose. We go around, but we want to find purpose that fits us. It becomes a very self-seeking thing. But I think let's be found by God and let his purpose find us. Then we'll know we're on the right track. And I just say, when I've got a significant directive, it equals a successful mission. And we've just got to open our ears of faith and say, I want a progressive vision. I want to live in alignment. I want to reach the goal that God, you've set for my life. It's far bigger than I could ever think, dream, or imagine. But too many people are saying, will it fit me? Will this purpose fit me? But we just need, that's the wrong question. We just need to flow with vision. And you watch how God fits us and works things out in our lives. So we're going to look at John chapter 21, verse 1 to 3. Bit of a long, uh, 1 to 12, sorry. So a bit of a long passage. So maybe you can read it on the screen behind. Okay, John 21, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him in his discouraged state, I am going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. 
And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it, that it was of the Lord, he put on his outer garment and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and, juice and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And like I said before, a significant director. And we need to just listen up a bit closer. Equals a successful mission. You will prosper in the purpose for which you were sent. We sang a song about you sending the wind. The wind will go where it's sent. So will I, will you? And I want to challenge you because sometimes we don't follow through on what God has actually directed us to do. And I looked at this passage at that time and I liked the heading. And I'm sure you'll like the heading. It said, Breakfast by the Sea. Now, you guys get to do breakfast by the sea a lot, don't you? But I was in a busy season. I was preparing for shout kids. And I'm like, my bedroom will just have to suffice for me to have breakfast with Jesus. How many people look forward to breakfast? I'm always looking forward for my coffee. Do you know why? Because coffee is connection. For me, coffee is connection. And just as I spend time with Jesus, it connects me. And I love that breakfast by the sea. Jesus is offering invitations that often we're not picking up. And if I'm to say anything in the spirit, I think in some people's hearts here today, there's a disconnect in the spirit for purpose. But God's going to connect you right up today because the more we connect, the more water, the more strength can flow through that to achieve the purposes of God. So God wants to connect. So be up for your coffee. Come on, be up for your coffee with Jesus and with others. He said, come and eat breakfast. And, um, and he told them to cast their net on the other side. So God's always calling us. You know, when we align with purposes, there are convergences in the spirit. God ordained moments of revelation, of purpose, of things coming together. And I've lived long enough, because I'm older than a lot of you, to see a lot of convergences, a lot of things just streaming together to strengthen and to fulfill what God had planned. I told the ladies that God always gives me like sewing and knitting illustrations, like he knits behind my back and all sorts of things. And I'm so not a sewer and I'm so not a knitter because it's too slow for me. I don't like stopping and unpicking and fixing things. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good at it. But I just thought I'd share three quickly stories in my life of convergence. In 1989, I was in my bedroom and I just began to weep for Germany. And I just wept and wept and I didn't know, I hadn't thought about Germany, never entered into my heart or my mind. And I wept for the nation of Germany like a bird and God just landed a burden on me, like, boy, it just happened. And I came apart for Germany knowing I had to pray for salvation and for reconciliation. 
But then God connected us with a German pastor who was in Denmark. And he approached us without hardly even knowing us, seeing Bruce speak at a convention once and said, I want you to mentor me. And Bruce like, but we live in New Zealand. You're in Denmark. How is this going to happen? But, you know, God pulls the threads and that happened. And now we've, um, through them, there's a church in Berlin, Equipus Church in Berlin. But who would have thought it would have started way back in 1989? Now we've got five churches beginning, some are church plants, in Germany. So God takes, when we further, so I went and tried to speak a little bit of German. I prayed for it. I knew it was a burden to pray. And God just connected my heart with German folk all over the place. Even when I sat on a bus, I saw a tourist coming down the aisle. I thought, I bet that's a German folk and they'll sit right next to me. And sure enough, when we got connected and we got talking. Come on, there are convergences and often we choose convenience over convergence. And we miss out on the full flow of what God wants to do. Bruce and I in 2000 went to plant in London. I could tell you so many stories. There was a convergence of leaders. We've gone to plant a church. We've gone to build a big church. But God just sent lots and lots of young leaders, young apostles, young pastors, who have since been released, because that's Bruce's gift, what he carries, the song in his heart, who have gone out to various parts of the world and are now leading churches. That was a convergence. It wasn't just a chance. God is not by chance. He's bringing things around you because he wants you to link and so you can flow so the output can be greater. With Kids Church, I was talking to my son about the worry about the children's church being in disarray and families leaving the church. And I thought oh, I could help the leaders. I could pastor the leaders. But Sam looked at me and he said, Mum, you're it. And I went, what? And he realized he's giving me the whole job. And I said, shall I pray about it? You know, shall I? And he's like, no, you're it. And I just flowed with that. I was a little bit frightened when I went home. I went to bed and the database was coming for me and the computer and all the things I didn't think I was good at. I could do it. Like, ah, they're coming for me. But it was God. It was a convergence in the spirit. And when I think about it, I was in a room with Cindy Jacob once. And I was thanking her for the word she gave New Zealand about the youth being like firebrands, shot out. And she looked at me at this stage, and this was years before, and I wouldn't have known I was going to be doing children's work. She looked at me and she said, Helen, the next revival in, in New Zealand is coming through children. And in hindsight, I remembered that word. That's why we're believing for a revival. We're seeing the kids. So nothing happens by chance. We go holidaying in the country. We're just holidaying. And we're just wanting to look at things. And it's like purpose finds us. It just hits us in the face. It meets us. And it's like, should we be surprised? No, and purpose is walking towards you today and meeting you because there's convergences. We can choose convenience. No, I don't want to. And I believe there's a disconnect in places where it's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I can't be bothered. Not sure how all this fits. But God says, hook in. Come on, hook in because God has got a picture that's far beyond what you could even think, ask, or imagine. Don't disconnect. Connect and flow and see convergence where God brings like streams together 
to create a force that is beyond what we could think or we could expect. We're starting in Budapest. You know, God is doing amazing things at um, Equipus Churches. Did we think when we went to London we would see what we're seeing? No, but we're in Italy, we're in Switzerland, we're in Rio, we're in Manila, we're in Tonga, we're here, and you're part of it. And I want to encourage you to go out and see what's happening and realize that you are a big part of this. And if you flow with it, it's like the energy and the force that God is moving with becomes part of your portion as well. Does that make sense? Okay, so God is on the move. I like this Christian Dior statement. By being natural and sincere, one often can create revolutions without having sought them. You've just got to be true to what God is saying to you, who you are, and follow the next directive. So don't be isolated. You know, if you stand on your own, that's where you're going to remain. I'm so thrilled that I'm part of what God is doing. God's engineering it. God's designing it. I just need to keep taking the next step right in front of me. So there's a directive for you to rise. I'm just going to give you three points from that um, scripture from John chapter 21. And the first one is recognize God's voice, that God calls you across everyday life. Everyday situation, God's voice is coming across in a sense, and he's calling you. And he wants to call you out. He wanted to call out Peter, who was a simple fisherman, but he's like, I've got plans for you, Peter. You know, you're a, a history changer. You're one that I'm going to anoint. I'm going to, you know, move through you with power to see God's kingdom come on earth. But, you know, they were so disconnected that they didn't even recognize Jesus' voice. And so he interrupted them in their discouragement, in their disillusionment. And I believe God wants to um, interrupt some people here today. Can I say that? Is that okay? I love it when God interrupts me. Interrupt me anytime, God, because I know the outcome is something that I couldn't have ever dreamed of myself. And God just wants to interrupt us. And he gave them a directive. You know, you've been fished all night. You haven't got any food. Put the net on the other side. And I believe he's saying that to some people here today. Sometimes we need to do the same thing, but we need to do it differently. Now, that could have offended Peter, like, I'm a fisherman, I know. And sometimes we go, like, I don't know why I have to do that, Lord. But at your bidding, at your instruction, I'll do it. And later we find out because of the convergence, because of the flow, because of the purpose, it all makes sense. I had to uproot myself and go to London. That was a difficult move for me. Why do I have to do that, God? Why do I have to leave my grandchildren? Why do I have to leave the church? But I wasn't rebellious, but it was like, oh, it was a heart thing. I'm like, children leave home, not parents. And here we are, even though the youngest was 25, you're always a mother, aren't you? <laughs> and um, I'm like, why do I have to do that? But I knew enough in my heart to know that this was the next directive. And when I tried to, oh, well, maybe somebody else would be better. I knew in my heart it was going to take a strong apostolic gift to crack that ground. And we knew it was a beachhead for Europe, and we've seen that. But God just said to me, Helen, resign from management. Don't try and manage this. Don't put your hands on it and shape it for how you think it will look best. 
Just let it go. Let it go. Let it, like a fishing rod, let it reel out. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, let it go and catch the fish at the end. And so I had to say, this is contrary. It was contrary to Peter. But he heard the voice of the Lord across the waters. And God's calling you out today. He's calling across the waters of your everyday life. And sometimes he's just saying, just do it a little differently. Come on, take this next step. Because this is going to launch you into the next phase of your life of seeing the fulfillment of the vision that he has for you. So we can want to follow ourselves, put ourselves up as an authority. I'm always keen on surrendering. I'm just like, yes. Does it mean it's always easy? No. But I want what God wants because I would never be satisfied like John said. Sometimes when you do things or you think you've got to line everything up, and there's still dissatisfaction on the other side, but when you serve the purposes of God, you're full of awe, full of wonder, full of amazement. You're like a tank that's full and bubbling. And if we've got dull, maybe we've lost purpose, but purpose wants to find you today. Okay, because there's convergence. And their nets connected with the supernatural. Yay, isn't that exciting? I love it. I love seeing the supernatural. I love seeing the directives of God. I like to see my net connect with the supernatural rather than just the toil and the labor that I can do. So we've got to recognize God's voice. Even now in the stillness, I know I'm talking, got my voice in your ear, but let God's voice speak to you today that maybe you need to change it up a bit. Maybe you need to go back and say, God, I'll do what you asked me to do. I take my hand of management off it. And to God, that I can experience the supernatural. The next one is recognize God's heart. You know, Jesus had come to restore Peter. And sometimes we might think, oh, well, Jesus was going to tell Peter off. He's like, you failed here, you failed here, you did this, you did this. Here's the, you know, three points to get back. But no, Jesus just wanted to gather him. Jesus just wanted to bring Peter to his heart. He wasn't there to correct him, to scold him, to make him feel worse. He's just like, Peter, I want to just restore you. Hear my heart. And often we let shame. And Peter had a certain amount of shame and condemnation. But you know, condemnation, when we allow it to sit on our lives, never, ever produces a catch. And you see some good, well-meaning Christians, and we're all there at some stage, laboring. You know, we're working in a night season and there's nothing. Even if we know what we're doing, there's nothing. And God just wants to lift condemnation off us. I got to sit on the shore of Tiberias. I couldn't wait because I'd read Breakfast by the Sea and I'd imagine my bedroom like breakfast every morning with Jesus. But I'm like, I can't wait to sit on the shore of Tiberias. I'm very picture, <laughs> thinking pictures. And I'm sitting on the, sea of, uh, on the shore of Tiberias, and I'm picturing Peter coming in. And so God was wanting to restore Peter to his heart, to say, you can come close. But he was also wanting to lift off that condemnation. And many Christians can sit sometimes under condemnation, not meaning to. It can sneak up on us. It's sneaky. But we've got to get rid of it because it's not going to produce the fruit that God wants from our life. Condemnation keeps us walking in circles. Doesn't it? Getting nowhere. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, I'm getting nowhere. I had a vision, but I'm getting nowhere. And God is just saying, I want to restore you. Hear my heart. 
I'm not going to growl at you. I'm not going to tell you off. I'm not going to scold you. I'm not going to shame you. I just want to lift off condemnation so you can function beyond where you've been before. And we just need to accept that invitation to come. Recognize God's mission. Okay, so we need to. Um, he was bringing the disciples back from failure to mission. So not only was he calling them, he was restoring them, but he was actually going to inspire them into mission. And we know that he gave them that call to love and to shepherd his people. It was a high calling. It was a big calling. It was something that they thought they'd lost and they wouldn't recover. But Jesus used that breakfast to bring vision back into their life. And do you know what the, the word Tiberius actually means? It means vision. So Jesus was bringing them back to vision. Maybe today God says, come on, breakfast with me. Come back to vision. And once we get vision, we get purpose. It finds us. And purpose was finding them. Then we'll get the directives, and then we'll see a successful mission from that significant directive. And Jesus was putting vision back in their heart because they'd lost it, they'd gone fishing, they'd gone back, they'd felt hopeless, they felt maybe there was no future. But Jesus, on purpose, went out to find them. How keen are you to breakfast with God, to be restored, to receive vision, to be reconnected? And I believe there are people here that have disconnected with purpose. There's been a disconnect somewhere in the line. Whether it's through condemnation, whether it's through failure. But Jesus wants to bring us back from failure. Maybe it's a parent fail, a health fail, a relationship fail, a financial fail, a behavior fail. God wants to restore and he wants to lift that right off you as you come and you surrender to Jesus Christ. And as you get that out of the way, God can come with a vision. Why? So there can be convergences in the spirit. So there can be connection. You know, connection is so important. And often people want to isolate and think, I'll work it out myself. I'll do it my way. But in connection, there is power. And I know Bruce and I are so grateful for connection that keeps us on track, keeps us on target, keeps us excited, keeps us worshipping because it's beyond what we could ever think or ask ourselves. So how keen, you know, are you hearing God's voice across the water? Even today, come on, the Holy Spirit's here. Come on, purpose is finding you. Jesus is purpose. Not your job, that's, that's great. But purpose, Jesus, is finding you. And don't think, oh, I've got to find it. We just respond to being found. And Jesus is locating you right now. And he wants to speak a fresh word into your spirit. But we've got to say, I will connect. I will respond. And wherever you like send the wind, I'll be like the wind, I'll go. Not, no, I don't agree, it doesn't fit me, I won't go. You know, on the other side of our obedience, is so much blessing. And there's people on the other side of our obedience, people to be saved, people to be transformed, people to be nurtured, people to be brought into the kingdom of God. 
there's restoration, there's reconciliations, and we can selfishly disconnect and stay in our own little world and say, I'm okay. But we'll never know the fullness and the satisfaction of the power of God that comes as we connect and God sets it all up. I'm like, God, you just set everything all up. You're amazing. I love the way that God speaks to me. Do you know he speaks your language? He doesn't have to speak to you like he speaks to me. He speaks your language. And you just need to say, God, I'm willing. I want to hear. God, I want to be released from condemnation. And God, I want to be found on purpose. There's a bit of a play on word. Be found on purpose. You know, if God's looking for you, purpose is finding you. Be found. Come on, be found. Just like, yeah, here I am, God. Send me. Here I am, God. I'll do what you want to do because you're the master. We sing so much that we don't actually sometimes do. We promise a lot and deliver little at times, all of us. But it's like, God, no. I want condemnation off me. I want to flow with you. So be found on purpose. There's a double play on that word. And I'm just going to read you a message version to finish. And this is like, be found on purpose. Keep your shirts on. Keep the lights on. Be like house servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon. Awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. Lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. He'll put on an apron, sit them at the table, and serve them a meal sharing his wedding feast with them. It doesn't matter what time of the night he arrives, they're awake and they're so blessed. Don't you love that? That Jesus has said he will serve us. There's a convergence at times in our life and we're like, God, did you just do that for me? In my journey, I found that I can never, ever outgive God. And God causes things to happen. I'm like, did you do that just for me? And I like this thought that, you know, we serve purpose. But as we serve purpose and we're faithful, purpose actually serves us. And I was really blessed when I read this in the message. It's like, Jesus, you're putting on your apron. You're telling me, because I wear an apron a lot. I work hard. You're putting on your apron. You're telling me to sit down, and you're serving me. And that's for those who are on watch. Imagine if we get to the end, and we're not found on purpose. We won't know what it is for that convergence of the Spirit of God serving us. And I think we're at a time in our life, it's like, yeah, we've served purpose. We've tried, and yeah, we've failed at certain things, but... We've tried to follow the directives. We've tried to be, well, not tried, we've chosen to flow. Chosen to be connected. And I can honestly say now purpose is serving us. We've served purpose. We're not looking to be served, but purpose is coming right underneath and serving us. And it's a beautiful picture of the heart of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, you can't be a thankless person when you're in the will of God. I like Psalm 65, verse 5, and I'm um, also a, a great psalm I'm praying in. By awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. O God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seed. Come on, God wants to answer us. 
And God just doesn't want to answer us. Yes, he's interested in the little things, but he also wants to answer by awesome deeds. Come on, he's the ocean pourer, the mountain maker. You know, he's amazing. And we believe for so little. And I believe today God's just stirring our spirit. I love to speak faith. It's my life. It's my energy, purpose, seeing God move. And I want to encourage you today to listen, to be released, and to pick up any directive that God's saying and saying, I'm going. You're sending me. I'm going to be found on mission. And thank you, Jesus, for all the times. You think now, how many times is God serving you? You think we're serving him. How many times do we even forget to say, thank you. You're serving me. And I think God's just saying, come on. Let's get it together. Let's flow. Let's see those convergences that God has that are beyond our expectation. So how about we close our eyes? Let's take a moment. God's here. God's our encourager. God's the one that's got the master planned and it's beyond what you've even and I've even dreamed of. Come on, there's no limit. God has no plan dreaming up things. He just wants us to be found. Purpose is finding you. Purpose is walking right up to you today and taking you from every maybe state you might be in or even whether it's good. He's coming again with directives. And maybe you're here today and you've never RSVP'd. Maybe you've never responded to breakfast by the sea. Maybe you've never said, Jesus, I want to connect with you. You know, we can either live life our own way and with the weight of sin and our failures and our past on us, or we can connect with Jesus and say, I receive what you did on the cross for me. Jesus, I see in love that you took the penalty of my sins upon yourself, that I could live a free life with access to the throne of grace. Such a privileged position. And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, or maybe you've lost heart and you've run away like Peter and you're like, it's time to come home, just with every eye closed. How about you just say, I would like to make that decision. I want an RSVP. I'm coming for coffee, Jesus. I'm going to let you meet me and all your plans for my life. They're so much superior to what I could conjure up. So if that's you, just how about we, you put your hand up and I would love to pray with you. Is there anybody in this building? Whether it's for the first time, I'm looking around. I don't want to miss anybody. Thank you, honey. Anybody else? God's good. He's so good. Okay, how about we pray together as we pray and this lady opens her heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept your invitation. I thank you, Lord God, that Jesus died on the cross for me, that my sins would be forgiven. I open the door of my heart and I welcome you in. Thank you that you are my Lord and my Savior. You've got a great plan for my life. I thank you, Lord, that they never disappoint. And Lord, I choose to follow you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. How about we give the Lord a clap? Awesome. The heavens are rejoicing. And just a response in our, in our seats, or maybe we all might like to stand. But to whatever you want to respond to, if you need condemnation lifted off you, it's a subtle thing. You don't need to be ashamed. But if you know that you're living under something, and especially if you feel like you're missing the mark of what God has told you to do and you're not there and it's like a night season, there's labor, you know, it's like I'm going in circles. There's no condemnation. God just says, I want to bust that off you today. You know, come on, God just wants to bust us free. We're going to pray for ourselves sometime. Lay your hand, bust things off and say, I'm not coming under that spirit anymore. So if you'd like to be so bold and to stand up, just do it now so that you can see the vision that God has for you. Is there any brave people in this place that would say, yeah, I want to respond? Come on, it's a spiritual thing. We live in a spiritual world. Come on, and our fight is not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Thank you, brave people. We all need to do this. You're not going to fish any longer with no results. We speak results in the mighty name of Jesus that there's coming a new harvest, that your net is going to connect with the supernatural. We're expecting the supernatural right now. Just lift your hands to Jesus. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I repent of being condemned by allowing the spirit of the enemy to suppress me, to accuse me, and to discourage me. Right now, I renounce that spirit of condemnation off my life. It has no right in my life. And Lord, I'm gonna prosper in you. And Father, I thank you right now on the authority that you've given us together Father, we break, Father, um, that spirit of condemnation, Lord God. Father, off people's lives today. Father, where there may have been mistakes, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you remit those sins, Lord God, that they are covered by the blood of Jesus. And right now, we say to that spirit of condemnation, you are gone in the name of Jesus. You have no more power. You have no more authority. And I pray right now that... People will feel a lightness. They will feel, Lord God, that burden snapping off. Come on, let it snap off your back. It's like something has been sitting on you, off your head. Just let it snap. See it by the Spirit of God. And now picture yourself fruitful, connecting with the supernatural, seeing things beyond what you've seen before. And if others want to join them for directives, like, God, I just want a clear picture on the next step. I feel a bit confused or I feel a little bit like there's no clarity. If you want to join these people, we're going to pray for that next directive, that next step, that prophetic. Come on, God wants us to be prophetic, intuitive people. We lead that way. And that's why we see significant directives equals successful mission. You can be assured. So how about if anybody else wants to join these people? Thank you for those who are standing up. Lord, this is a moment. Father, it's a moment of deep and devoted commitment. That people are putting their hand in your hand. Father, that you're restoring. 
You're releasing vision. You're commissioning, and it's not in our striving, but it's in our following. And Father, I pray for a release of hope. Thank you for these amazing people in Equippers Central Coast, that they're going to turn this region upside down, Lord God, with the gospel. Father, I pray for radical initiatives. Father, I pray, Lord God, that there'll be directives that are clear. I break all confusion. I break anything that's just been blocking the view. And Father, we pray, Lord God, just for an open-hearted response that they'll be found on purpose. They'll have their aprons on. They'll have their shirts on. They'll have the lights on. Been doing, doing what, God, you've called them to. But thank you, Lord, that you're going to come underneath them and you're going to serve them in. And Lord, you're going to take the weight. You're going to say, sit down. I'll serve you. Isn't that a great picture? Just raise your hands now and receive the anointing. Come on, they're anointing for fruit. Come on, anointing for fruit. You can produce fruit. And you can have a bit of cheeky faith when you're on mission and you've got vision. You can be cheeky. So, Father, right now, I just release that anointing. Lord God, just like grace comes like a wave crashing over them, Lord God. Father, may they know the grace and the favor and the liberty. I just speak liberty over you, a supernatural liberty that the Spirit of God wants to pour out upon you in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.